Welcome to Your Torah, a 36-week journey into the world of the 63 books of the Mishnah, 18 minutes at a time. A project of Jofa UK, designed as a special invitation to engage in Torah and make it yours. This episode of Your Torah is dedicated by Rabbinit Chava Evans to Doris Brower Killam. May she enjoy good health. Hello, and welcome to the Your Torah Mishnah podcast. This episode's topic is Maseket Kilaim, the tractate regarding forbidden agricultural mixtures. My name is Rabbanit Chava Evans. I'm speaking with you today from Washington, D.C., where I'm the Director of Jewish Life at the Jewish Community Center of Greater Washington. First, let me start by telling you a little bit about my own journey with Mishnah study. When I started dating in my 20s, I began taking my little volumes of Mishnah with me on the dates, and I would learn a bit with each of the guys. This habit served me really well, because even if the date was really boring and a total flop, I could go home and assure myself, well, at least I learned some Mishnah this evening. And that made all the bad dates feel a little less like a waste of time. But as I kept dating, and dating, and dating, I began to be a little worried. Am I going to finish all of Mishnah before I got married? And this was a little bit of a gloomy prospect for me. But then I decided to make it my goal to learn all of Mishnah before my wedding. And that way, I told myself, I would go into my marriage with a gift of my own Torah that I could give over to my children. And that's exactly what happened. I was able to make a siyum on all of Mishnah at my wedding. So I have a special sort of fondness for learning Mishnah. And I'm very happy to be able to have the opportunity to learn a bit with you today. So let's get started. Our topic today is Masekta Kilaim. Um, Kilaim is the fourth tractate of Seder's Rhyme of the Order of the Seeds. There's no parallel gemar in the Talmud Bavli, but there is material in the Yushalmi that pertains to Kilaim, and the topic of Kilaim is addressed in various sugiot, which are sort of scattered throughout the Talmud Bavli. So what does the term mean? What does Kilaim mean? The word is fairly rare in the Hebrew Bible. Literally, the word means mixtures, but some commentators suggest that it should be translated more broadly as something like confusions. Others suggest kilaim means being held back or arrested. The Zohar translates it as entrapments, since the term really refers to two species being forced together. And no matter how you translate it, kilaim really refers to basically a forbidden mixture of two plants or animal species. Before we do an overview of the Masekta, I want to read the first Mishnah of the first chapter of Kilaim, just to give you a sense for the style of the uh, Mishnayot here. So here it is, the first Mishnah, first chapter of Kilaim. Hahitim v'hazoinin inan kilaim So if you have ryegrass and you have wheat together, that is not Kilaim. Hasa'orim v'hashibolet shu'al Hakusmin vahashifon, hapoel vahaspir, hapurtan vahatofeach, hapoel halavan vahashoin, inan kilaim ze vize. So barley and oats mixed together, spelt and rye mixed together, beans and chickpeas together, or small peas and sweet peas, white beans and kidney beans. None of these pairs are kilaim, one with the other. None of these pairs are um, forbidden mixtures. 
So this is a great representative Mishnah because the reader has to struggle quite a bit with technical vocabulary here. There are all these different sorts of grains or different sorts of seeds being introduced. And that's how uh, the language is throughout the, the Masekta. It's just a lot of different kinds of vegetables and trees and herbs. And if you notice in this Mishnah, it begins by searching out for a definition of the term kilaim, and it does so by presenting these pairs of plants that we think should be considered forbidden. But in each case, the Mishnah rules that these mixtures are, in fact, permissible. And so the text begins to build a negative definition of kilaim by inference and by using these examples, which are called from traditional wisdom. Every Masekta of Mishnah is based on a few key biblical verses. And for Masekta Kilaim, those key verses, the ones that serve as the biblical sources for the laws, are Leviticus 19.19 and Deuteronomy 22.9-11. It's really helpful to have the verses in mind as we uh, learn about the Masekta. So let's just go ahead and review those uh, verses together. So first we have Leviticus 19.19. Et huchotai tishmeru. You should uh, observe my laws. You should not let your cattle mate with a different species, also called kilaim, the combination of those two. You should not sow your field with two different kinds of seeds. That you should not put upon yourself a cloth that's made from a mixture of two different kinds of material, or really two, two sorts of fibers. Um, it, it's two sorts of fibers wo woven together, which makes shotness. So that's uh, the psukim from Leviticus, and then we have a series of psukim from Deuteronomy that also serve as the sources. For this entire Masekta. And in Deuteronomy 22, 9 through 11, we read, that you should not sow your vineyard with the second kind of seed, or else the, the entire crop from the seeds that you've sown uh, cannot be used. And then it continues, that you should not plow with an ox and with an a donkey together. And that you should not wear cloth, which combines both wool and linen together. And then from these pesukim, the Masekta of Kilaim comes up with six prohibitions, kind of a list of six prohibitions. And what we're going to do is we're going to fly overhead and just sort of take a bird's eye view of the contents of the nine chapters and how these six prohibitions are spelled out. So prohibition one, you do not plant mixtures of seeds. So if, for, in, uh, for example, I have a pail with a mixture of barley and wheat seeds, and one of the wheat seeds sprouts in the pail, then I have to uproot that wheat sprout. That's prohibition one. Prohibition two is a prohibition against grafting trees of two distinct species together. Prohibition three is that you're not allowed to plant grape seeds along with any other sort of seed. And this prohibition applies specifically to planting two types of seeds. So say you have wheat and then you have barley, and you can't plant that mixture in and amongst the grape seeds. That's prohibition three. Prohibition four 
is you're not allowed to crossbreed animals. So interestingly, you can derive benefit from an animal like, say, a mule, if it had already been crossbred, and you can even breed two animals that were already crossbred if the mums were of the same species, but you can't actually do the crossbreeding of the animals yourself. That's forbidden. Uh, prohibition five, do not harness or yoke two animals from two different species together to do work. So that could be plowing, that could be um, uh, moving things from one place to another. This prohibition only applies if one animal is kosher and the other one is not. So, so far, those five prohibitions have all been kind of agricultural. And then we get into the one prohibition, which is not. That's prohibition six, the prohibition against wearing shatness. So this may be one of the better known forms of kilaim because it's not strictly an agricultural law. Um, and it's a prohibition against a wearing a garment made of both linen and wool fibers, and it extends to all Jews, men and women, in and outside of Israel. And according to the Mishnah, if you are found wearing this combination, this shotness, then uh, it, that, that garment has to be removed immediately. So the prohibition of shotness is a little bit mysterious. Um, there's no reason given in the biblical text for it. Uh, the verse says, you should observe my statutes, my chukim. This means that it's, uh, shatnis is a mitzvah that's a hok, that's a divine statute that really defies full comprehension. And nevertheless, the, commenta the commentaries attempt explanations. So, for instance, uh, Rambam Maimonides says that shatnis garments uh, were worn by idolatrous priests, and we are forbidden from following any of the ways of idolaters, and therefore, uh, that, that's why shotness garments uh, are not allowed. Another slightly more colorful explanation is that um, Abel brought wool as an offering, whereas Cain brought flax, and the mixture was lethal, and Abel lost his life. Therefore, mixing wool and linen is akin to mixing or unleashing the spiritual forces associated with Cain and with Abel, and can have very damaging results. Um, this seems a little bit esoteric, though. So what if we wanted to sort of have a take-home message or something that we can kind of apply to our lives? What could we sort of learn from the Mishnayot of Masechta Kilayim? Essentially, we have a set of six prohibitions, which are predominantly concerned with ancient agricultural practices, and we have to make them relate to us. And in fact, I think that there are many sort of practical and relevant Torah ideas within the Mishnayot of Kilayim, if you dig a little bit, no pun intended. Um, and I'll give you three of my favorite examples. So the first is the idea of kavod habriot, the preservation of human dignity. The main source for the idea of kavod habriot, of preservation of human dignity, comes directly from a discussion in the sect of Kilayim regarding uh, what to do if you see a fellow Jew wearing a shotness garment in a uh, public place, like a market. So that's the, that's the first kind of take-home from uh, Masechet Kilaim. The second is, and I've been thinking about this a lot, it's quite possible to find some kind of a Torah basis for environmental conservation, or at least environmental conservatism, in Masechet Kilaim. So a strong theme throughout the work is that God is the creator of all plants and animal species, and that humankind is tasked with preserving the species that God has produced. 
Finally, there's a third and perhaps somewhat surprising lesson, um, and that arises from the second Mishnah in the last parak of Masecta Kilaim. And here we actually find the source for a discussion regarding rabbinic stance towards government and paying one's taxes. So in the Mishnah we read, there's no exemption for the temporary wearing of kilaim, and one may not wear kilaim even on top of ten garments, even if only to evade paying customs or taxes. Uh, the Hebrew there is meches. The idea expressed in the first part of the statement is that you cannot wear shotness, uh, that's the kind of kilaim that's referred to, even if it's uh, a garment that doesn't really benefit you. So for instance, if you have 10 overcoats on, and you don't really need 10 overcoats, and the 10th overcoat is really not doing you very much good, even in that case, you cannot wear one that is made of shotness. The second bit of the Mishnahic statement is rather curious, because essentially it seems to say you can't wear shotness in order to evade meches, in order to evade taxes. So why would the assumption be that you would be evading your taxes? That seems quite odd. It seems odd until you realize that the governments that the Mishnah is probably referring to are most likely governments that were not widely acknowledged as legitimate by the Jewish populations of both Israel and Babylonia. So in fact, the Mishnah is discussed at quite a bit of length in the Gemara, in Bavakama, where the presumption of a corrupt or illegitimate government is made more explicit. So according to the Gemara there, this mission is really referring to taxes levied by the Romans, which were not collected by government authorities, but by private tax collectors who are just run amok. And the Gemara basically overturns the statement of the Mishnah and concludes that in fact Jews must pay taxes that they owe to their local governments under the dictum of Dina de Malchut Dina, the halakhic ruling which says that the law of the local government is binding upon Jews living in that land. So the take home there is pay your taxes. <laughs> um, so that's it for today. Thank you so much for listening. And I hope you've enjoyed learning as much as I've enjoyed teaching. And I wish you a lot of success and Hatzlacha in your journey through Mishnah. Good luck. This episode of Your Torah is brought to you by Jofa UK in collaboration with women from around the world who all share a passion for Torah study. If you are enjoying your Torah, consider sponsoring an episode. Find out more by visiting ukjova.org. Join the conversation on social media using the hashtag YourTorah.